Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. 3%. Spence. That's all I got to say. 3%. Yeah, the Titans have worn Oilers throwbacks before, but not the not the ones that we think of. They, they wore the blue helmet with the white oil, Derek, the 1960 to 62 Oilers, like AFL Oilers. Uh, but they have not worn the the ones that we kind of you know we remember uh, before they moved. Why would Cal McNair honor the the football greats of Oilers past? The question that that Joe asked. I think it's simple because you owe it to the history of football in the city. Like I, I think I it's think a missed it's, opportunity for the McNairs. I think you're right, and I think the other way that you look at it is without that history and that team, you might not have your franchise here today because it could have stayed. Or it could have, or as it did, it as it was, they left. But without a franchise in Houston that did what they did, then would you have the Houston Texans at all right now? And the fact is, because of the fact that you know football is king in Houston, or it's been forever and a day, and the fact that you appreciate the fact that as part of that legacy, that history, that bonding with the city over the sport that you're currently playing as an NFL team, you remember the guys that paved the way for you. It's like Charles always said, I always will, will make sure that I take the time to thank and shake the hand of anybody that that played before me because without them doing what they did, I wouldn't have been able to make a career making a, a, a more money I could have ever imagined. The Texans are successful in Houston, wins or losses aside, and are in Houston as an NFL franchise because of what happened before them, and that's why you would do it because every adult that grew up in this, in this town that's a, a true native Houstonian remembers that some of the names you were rattling off and more and some of the random names that you might not have thought of right off the start that people will never forget. Largo says, what did he say here? <laughs> he said Nashville Oilers, Nashville Oilers, Nashville Oilers, number one. Remember the song? I do remember the love, song, you, yeah. the love You Blue song, Houston Oilers. Yeah, doesn't have the same ring to it whenever no. you say the, the Nashville Oilers. I don't really, I honestly don't want the Texans to have the Oiler color scheme. And I know that once upon a time I said I would have traded to Sean yeah. Watson for all the Oilers stuff. Part of that, though, was never allowing them to move. Like, they stayed here forever. That way you didn't have a period of time where you didn't have an NFL team. Bud Adams sells the team to, you know, McNair, Bob McNair, whatever. I don't know how you get to it, but I wish they never left. That said, I don't really don't care that the Houston Texans don't have Love You Blue in their uniforms. Now, I do think that they're going to do it. You've even heard Hannah McNair kind of allude to the whole H-Town Blue, like the old Houston police cars back in the day. Right. Like, and they've talked about unveiling a new uniform. Those. Yeah, that's what Hannah said. She said, like, well, it doesn't need to be Love You Blue because they can't call it Love You Blue because right, they, they own the trademark. Pat, they, you Pat can do Creighton the color. Was at an event last week. For the Texans, where they again were, were like showing the media and asking him to vote and everything, and he said it's not it's it's a really cool it's it's very similar, yep. but it's obviously not Love You Blue. They're going to call it H Town Blue, and they're going to have probably a third jersey with it. Yeah, that's coming next year, and I do think that the Texans are going to get an uplift on their jerseys as well, and it's going to be H Town Blue. Now you can't sue over color scheme. You can can't can't like okay. you can you could do the the. Columbia Blue, the Love You Blue. You just can't call it Love You Blue. They're going to call it H-Town Blue. Uh, Derek, 
He uh, just tweeted into us. He said, my mom and dad literally named me after the oil derrick on the Oilers' helmet. So they'll never take my memories of the Houston Oilers away. That being said, I'm not happy they get to wear these uniforms. I think that's probably how most people would view this. I don't think anybody, most people don't have their name after the oil derrick. Uh, but most people say, look, we got the memories. That's enough for us. Zero one seven zero. But I was going to say, the other thing on that, of why would you do it, is because you can't. Because no matter who owns the rights to the logo and the uniforms, you can still honor the players that did what they did in this city. And maybe it's a little way of getting a jab back at the Titans, too, in the process. But at least when you go to a game and you get a chance to do a meet and greet with Dan Pastorini and Earl Campbell and you know all the guys that made the Oilers great in Houston, you can't take that away from uh, – the Texans can do whatever they want from that perspective – and you know what? We're always talking about wins, and Hannah and, and Cal have been trying to get a better, pot, more positive out, um, image with the community. That's the best thing you could do for the community to say thank you, and I love that because you're taking the time to acknowledge and appreciate the, the, the staple of football in Houston and a lot of people's childhoods. You know what, we, you know what the, uh, the Texans should do? They should still Vince Young away from Nashville. They should, <laughs> Vince Young should now be a Houston Texan. Still him away. Vince Young's Houston through and through. No, no, I mean, no. went to Madison. He was wearing those old ugly blues when he was with the Madison Marlins. Madison Marlins. Is that true? Is that what comes off the, the top of my tongue? Went to Texas. Like, Vince Young is a Texas boy. Yeah. Vince Young is a Houston boy. They're going to steal the colors. Well, they own it. We're going to steal Vince Young. You didn't like him anyways. Jeff Fisher hated Vince Young. So you know what we're going to do with Vince Young? We're going to take him in as ours. That's the that's my combat. I mean, he's he's always open for an opportunity to be yeah, like sure. an honorary director of football. Operations he was over at or, U of H the other day, and he's still is he still working for UT? I don't I don't know. They a couple years ago they brought him in to UT in the athletic department to do something, and he was on staff with the university in some in some capacity. Yeah, I remember he used to be like I mean, he wasn't like director of culture, but it kind of was well, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if he's still there. I don't know if he still does that. And, I mean, he really didn't do anything. He was just getting paid to be Vince Young. But I, don't, I think that's gone. I remember what you're talking about, but I don't think it's they do like that anymore. It's kind of like Steakhouse in Austin, the Vince Young Steakhouse. Did it go out of business? It's No, that's, I mean, that's Mattress, oh, yeah. Mattress Mac owns it. They, they just, just pay him. They to, just yeah. pay him for the name. Yeah. yeah. I I think Don, the Shula's place, I think that's not the case, though. It is Shula? I think, I think it's family. It's yeah. weird. Zero one seven zero. Do the Ravens celebrate any of the Colts' history? I don't know if they do. I don't either. But they should. Like, if you had a Baltimore Colt that was the greatest quarterback of all time, which there was, why wouldn't the Ravens celebrate that guy? Because he means a lot to the city. Yeah, I understand the Colts left, but he still means a lot to that city. Like, all these Houston Oilers of the past, they mean a lot to this city. Warren Moon means a lot to this city. Ray Childress means a lot to this city. Bruce Matthews means a lot to this city. Earl Campbell means a lot to this city. Why would the McNairs not honor the greats of this city that played football in this city? It's a mistake. I mean, the big difference is that obviously the Browns and then the Ravens, like, or whoever, who was the, the Browns before they were the Browns? Who left Cleveland? Who left Cleveland before the Browns? Yeah, because weren't they the Browns and then Cleveland left and they became so the Cleveland, Browns So Cleveland... No, 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 no. Cleveland left to be the Ravens. Yeah, Cleveland left to be the Ravens. Cleveland left to be but the they, Ravens. But they, they left the Browns' legacy behind yep. for the new team. Right, like, right. And they got they them back that. with the expansion team. Yeah, and like I just don't get how that transaction that didn't Modell? happen. Yeah, yeah, it was Art Modell, right? That moved them? Was it Art Modell that moved the Browns to Baltimore, though? Or I thought he moved the Colts to Baltimore. Oh, no, maybe he, yeah, he moved the Colts to Baltimore. I believe that's the case. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. 
Like, I just don't get why that transaction never took place between the city of Houston and the Adams family. No, you were right. Modell moved Cleveland to Baltimore. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, you're right, Joe. I think that it's one thing to say you want to you want to keep rights on the name and the Derek logo and the and the uniform colors, but it's another thing to say that the history of the football team and all of those things. It's like, and every situation is different, right? My my buddy and I were talking about this the other day, how awkward it is that Oklahoma City, who was the Seattle Supersonics, Oklahoma City will not retire Gary Payton's number. They will not honor the history of, like, the Sonics when they were all those retired numbers and that legacy and all that stuff. I wonder if they'll give it back. And if the Sonics do get another team, I think they should. I, 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 think, I think they might give back Seattle. They should. Because they haven't retired Peyton or Sean Kemp's number. So, like, they clearly have shown, like, they don't have that interest. But I'm not sure that they in even that. honor in the rafters. They do. They have a couple guys. Jack Sigma. Yeah, Sigma's and, up there. And some of those guys that, yeah. that Sonics were Sonic great. Nick, Nate McMillan. Yeah. They have, they, have like, they have, like, six retired jerseys, and the only one that played for the Thunder is Nick Collison. Right. He played both places. Well, I love yeah. that. And, and, but so at some point, you're going to have to honor the guy that is – Arguably, not even arguably, is the greatest player in your franchise's history who played for both teams. Yeah. Kevin Durant was drafted as a Sonic and played his rookie year as a Sonic. Now, that would be fascinating. If Seattle got a basketball team, who gets, like, the rights? Or I guess they both could retire Katie's number because Katie played there for a yeah. year. I mean, there's there's but, a I mean, lot of players. there for a year when you talk about yeah. his whole career at OKC. Yeah, I probably wouldn't if I'm Seattle retired Durant's number. It's like Houston shouldn't have retired Clyde, but for that's almost like a legacy of yeah. career. He's a Houstonian. He's he he brought you your second championship. You know, yeah, he didn't play all that many years here, but what he did do was so memorable that Les and Les was friends with him. That Les, it's his team. He can do whatever he wants. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Paul, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Paul? Hey guys, how are y'all? Good What's up, man. Uh, Big fan, I know a lot of the bad blood with the Oilers leaving was with Drayton and Bud. And Drayton being who Drayton was, wouldn't renegotiate the lease and and blah, blah, blah. And there were some issues with the city council. And that's why the Adams are so bitter about the Oilers uh, logo. Who? So, the Sonics, et cetera, it's a different situation. Wasn't it more Um, Bob Lanier, Paul? It was Bob Lanier in a personal one-on-one head-to-head with Bud Adams about control and paying for what Bud Adams wanted. Yeah, I, I know that Drayton had some say with the Dome. Um, I just know that it was a bit bitter with the whole yeah. the politics yeah. behind it. It weren't the same as the Sonics, uh, as, as someone you mentioned, who might be able to, you know, if Oklahoma City can be nice about Gary Payton, let him back in. Appreciate Thanks, the, Paul. Appreciate it, Paul. Yeah, I remember there was – I don't remember the politics all that well, but I remember there being a lot of bad blood. I remember Drayton being yeah. involved slightly. I remember but Lanier, Bob Lanier being, was the centerpiece of the anti-Bud Adams campaign. But I also remember, like, the head of the sports authority had, like, a huge, Jack. powerful role. I don't remember. I couldn't tell you the I name. I think he just passed away. It was Jack Rains, maybe? I have no idea. But, like, that person had a ton of control – with the whole deal. And I think Bud Adams was probably being a little bit unrealistic with what he it wasn't wanted. It was back then. I, I, no, I think he was gone by then. Okay. But he was the head of the sports authority for a while. Yeah. But I think Judge Hoffines was, was gone right. by then. And then I know that Jack Rains was heavily, because Jack Rains was still heavily inv- involved when the Rockets built Toyota. You might Center. be right. So it's possible. But I know that the main thing that we used to remember as, it, as all this information was trickling down during Rockets season was the fact that Bob Lanier, who sat courtside all the time with his wife, 
the mayor of Houston, just was not going to be taken advantage of by Bud Adams. And Bud was just asking for, you know, outrageous stuff, thinking that you better bow down or else the threat is I'll leave. And, and, and Bob dared him and pushed back, and that's where we ended up. Someone said that uh, we should trade Davy Crockett to Nashville for the Oilers' IP. That's not a bad idea. Uh, intern Christopher is out there. He said he would entertain the idea of buying a DeAndre Hopkins Houston Oilers jersey. Fair or foul? I don't think that's a good idea. I think that's very foul because he didn't play for the Oilers. Regardless. I don't think you should buy any. Like, throwbacks are one thing, right. or having the stuff is one thing. But now that they have new players wearing those uniforms, I think it's no, foul. I don't like it. I think it's foul. I, if you're going to go throwback, go to someone that played during that the the era where they wore those jerseys. I think buying stuff now probably falls in the foul category. Why? I think so too. Like having the oh, old buying stuff, new Oilers stuff. Like if you go to like lit, like when I, I worked at Lids for three years, we always sold Oilers hats. All that money goes to the Tennessee Titans. Like we would put those hats in the section with the Texans and the Cowboys or with the Texans, but it's it's Titans gear. Like it always has been, and now it's just it's even more Titans gear now that they're really running with it. Yeah, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six three five nine one retiring numbers is like the Hall of Fame. It's a museum of city sports. Can't recite the history of Houston Rockets or have a museum of Rockets without Drexler. I agree with that. Like I, I think that. You should. It's case by case. It is, and it's also owner by owner because Jerry Jones won't put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor in Dallas. And without Jimmy Johnson, you can ask, yeah, you had some talent, but Jimmy Johnson was at the the, the spearhead of everything they did right during that Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin era. Like if Drexler went to Cincinnati, I don't think he'd have his jersey no, retired. No, I agree. But the you know this Houston ties, it helps. I'm okay with that. Probably the same with Elvin, honestly. Probably. Like, like if he's not there all the time, and if he's not a coog. Most of most of Elvin's career, well, great career. Yep. Most of it was in Washington. It yeah. was, and I've said this before. If Les Alexander still owns the Rockets, I don't know if Elvin gets his jersey retired. Oh, I, I think, think that's true. I think that getting Tillman and the U of H connection and all of that behind it and it's his relationship with Elvin 100%. helps a ton. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. All right, I have a I have a difficult question for you. I have a very difficult. Would you rather? You're not going to like it. It involves the I Astros. I Joe George back then. It inv- it, it he doesn't in- ask me those questions. It involves their young players. If you had to pick one that is involved in a trade, who would it be? I'll give you the what would you rather on the other side. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Hey, look, you don't have time to go to the gym, but you know you need to lose some weight. You don't know if it's possible. How about the fact that at Apollo Men's Health right now they have semi-glutide, which is available for both men and women, semi-glutide, FDA-approved, and you can lose up to six pounds in a week. You don't have to work out. You don't have to get cardio in. You don't have to do all the things at the gym. And you can lose weight. It's amazing. And it's new. And they have it. And you need to find out more about it. All the different things that you got going on in your life or not going on that you wish you did can be resolved and, and get you on the right path when you go to Apollo Men's Health. Both men and women are going for all the different ways that they can get involved in more energy on a daily basis. And that could be everything from a B12 shot every week like I get to people that take it to the next level and they do hormone therapy and the hormone therapy allows you to get more energy so you have more opportunity to get more things done. You're not trying to win a gold medal at this stage in your life. You're trying to win the day and Apollo Men's Health can show you the way. Check them out today. Go to ApolloMH.com. See all the services that they offer and 
Check out those services, and if a couple interest you and you think that they might be able to help you, sign up for your first appointment right there on the website. When you do, most major insurance is accepted. Discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank. First visit, free B12 shot or a free body composition analysis to get you on the kickstart to getting to be a better you. It's a phenomenal group of people doing great things with three locations now, with one in League City to go with the two near downtown Houston, and they're focused on you and getting you results. Tell them I sent you by. They're great people. It's the good people at Apollo Men's Health. ESPN 97.5.com. Fighter of the night, man. Amen. Oh. Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Yeah, it is us. It is Blank, it is Branham, it is the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I missed you guys while I was gone. Somebody somebody told me to ask you guys about the argument that y'all had. I think we had an argument. We, we had a passionate discussion one day. We had a very... What's the difference? Argument gets a little <laughs> bit personal. It gets a little bit more riled up. Do you think that's what an argument is? I know. I I, I, I would I would agree with Joel. It's very very passionate. All right. So tell, so stop burying the lead. What it was, was it about? It was uh, which GM has done a better job, Nick Casario or Rafael Stone? I think Stone. I said Casario. No, I said Stone. I think it's Stone. Yeah, we were, but it was just more of the. You want to start calling inter- each other personal insults now? No, can- <laughs> there was no personal insults. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. We, 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 talk, we even talked it. about it after the show, and and so it was. It was not what everybody thought it was, but oh. at the time, people liked it because they just you know we know how listeners are in Houston. They just want fights. Yeah, there's no. There they was- love fights. Oh, I like that. It was fun. I like fights too. I like drama. You know that. Yeah, I do know that. Yes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of drama. All right, pick one. I've been thinking about this. This I, I think too much when I'm gone and I'm away from you guys. Pick one Astros young player that has to be involved in a trade. Now you're getting something good in return. You're just not deleting this person from your roster. You're getting something substantial. You're getting whether it's a starting pitcher you want, whether it's a bat that you want, whether it's a club controlled guy, whatever, whatever the case may be. But you have to pick one player that is currently on this roster that is involved in a trade ahead of the deadline, which is a week from tomorrow. By the way, would you rather one of these three guys? Hunter Brown, Jeremy Pena, Chaz McCormick, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. You have to pick one seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Which of those three are you picking? To me, with the long term possibilities, I'm trading Chaz McCormick, and I know that this year it's very very difficult because of the year he's having. But overall, when you look at what Chaz, and this is like the Montero discussion in the off season. And I always remind everybody he had he had a career year last year. If you look at the, the overall, you know, everything to do with his career and at season by season, he never had anything close to what he was a journeyman until he found his place in the bullpen after he was going to be DFA'd and, and he completely balled out last year. But because of it, he got overly rewarded. It's not his fault, and anybody would accept that deal. But when you look at it and this is a scenario that you just painted out, Payne is your shortstop for the future. Hunter Brown is one of your rotational pieces for the future. Chaz McCormick is not going to be a corner outfielder or your outfielder of the future. Now, you could say he could be your center fielder of the future for the next three to five years, and that would make some sense. But of the three, the easiest, the easier to part with would be Chaz McCormick. I'm going Jeremy Pena. 
Wow. I'm not going Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown, I, I think Hunter Brown has a stuff. I think Hunter Brown is going to contend for a Cy Young. Dana Brown was on the flagship the other day saying that he's, he's the number one. He's the number one starter. I don't think Dana Brown has any intention to trade Hunter Brown. I, I, I love Hunter Brown stuff. I think it plays. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's having a good rookie year, honestly. Uh, I think that our bar on him was pretty high for a rookie pitcher. Uh, and Hunter Brown is Hunter Brown's the first guy I'm taking off of this list. To me, it's a Jeremy Payne or a Chaz McCormick conversation. You bring up great points. Uh, he's an older guy. You know, he's he's kind of been somebody who it doesn't seem like they love, right? At least Dusty doesn't Dusty love him. Yeah. Click might have. Maybe Dana Brown's a big fan of Chaz McCormick. Dusty hasn't seemed to love uh, Chaz McCormick. The the. I want to win now, though. Like, I want to win. I want to go back-to-back. Back. I want to win another title. And Chaz McCormick is under club control for a while, too. Chaz McCormick, I believe, has four more years after this one. Jeremy Pena has five more years after this one. Now, Pena's younger, but you still have Chaz for nearly the same amount of time of club control. Chaz McCormick is also producing better right now, and he's doing it at a premium position. Jeremy Pena has a premium position as well. But what is the replacement if you trade Chaz McCormick, it's probably Jake Myers. Unless Whereas, you're getting someone in the trade. Sure, but I can also do that with a shortstop. Like, the fallback right now if Chaz McCormick is no longer on this team is Jake Myers. The fallback if Jeremy Pena is no longer on this team is Mauricio Dubon. That fallback is not nearly as much as, Ch- as Chaz to Jake. Some people would argue that Dubon over Pena is a better option for the Houston Astros. Oh, for this year. And Ocho, the final, Ocho would. He absolutely would. And the final point is... I think Pena gets you more back in return. That's true. I think Pena has far far more trade value. So if I think Chaz McCormick helps me more right now, the fallback's not as great from Jake to Chaz, from Dubon to Pena. For me, it's Jeremy Pena. What were we talking about? Was it you and I that were talking about this the other last week? I think so. This is hard because long term, the replacement is way better in center field. Drew Gilbert is way more than Dubon or what you could get in free agency. I like Drew Gilbert. I'm I'm worried, Joe, that you're you're prospect hugging a lot with Drew Gilbert. Like to say that I Drew think, Gilbert's going to be far and away better than Chaz McCormick right now today. I don't think is fair to either one of those. Is guys. it? But it's is it Chaz McCormick this last month? Or now look, big picture, kind of like the Montero thing I was saying. The the length of his career so far. What's so hard about Chaz is that now that Dusty's playing him all the time, you could like make it, it's really easy to make the argument that Pena is the guy you should trade. The problem is, is that Dusty has been so hit or miss with how much like they should play Chaz. I think it's hard to evaluate. Like This is the guy that last year when Jose Siri got healthy, they sent Chaz down. Yep. He played zero games in the minors because Brantley got hurt. But like the organization, different GM, sent Chaz down over Jose Siri. And then, but Pena, like he's got the World Series MVP, the ALCS MVP. My answer is, is Pena. Is who I would trade, but like it's really hard not to think that if you trade Chaz McCormick today, this is his 110 percent peak value, and it will never, ever, ever be higher. See, and that's and what I'm may not be it. lower. I think you you guys are thinking more about the rest of this season. I totally get that, right? Because the way he's playing right now and how important he's been, and he's going to seemingly going to be that extremely important going down the stretch too. But I'm thinking about like the long haul in terms of I'm expecting. I remember the people that wanted to lock up Jeremy Pena already, and I wasn't ready to do that. I, I would do that too. But but I I I firmly believe that Jeremy Pena is going to figure some stuff out, and Jeremy Pena is still going to be your shortstop for the long haul. So I I look at it and say Chaz might be Montero. He might think, have this one breakout year where he's 
really, really better than he's been offensively. But who's to say he's going to be that the rest of his career? Well, Chaz McCormick in 849 at bats is a 781 OPS. Like, I understand your point, both of your points, that Chaz McCormick right now, maybe this is the best value he'll ever have. Maybe this is the high watermark of, like, his career OPS. But a 781 OPS in his career and 850 at bats and plays good defense at a premium defensive position, why are we saying that Chaz McCormick isn't the center fielder for the next four or five years? Because I think if I still had to put my money on it, it's I, I, know it's, it, I agree. I'm, I'm prospect hugging 101 here. I still think Drew Gilbert has a better chance to be better than Chaz McCormick. Now he's Than anything in the Astros organization has to be better than Jeremy Pena. That that's fair. Like, like Drew Dubon's really field slipped, and his his and Dubon's flawed player. Like Dubon, Dubon's a great defensive second baseman. I think he's a good defensive shortstop. Uh, Dubon has lots of flaws in his offensive game. He doesn't slug a whole lot. Yes, he hit the home run yesterday. He doesn't walk a whole lot, and he so he doesn't have great on base. Doesn't have a great slugging. Doesn't have a great OPS. I think Pena's better player than Dubon at their very very best. The Astros do have more in center field, Drew Gilbert, than they do at shortstop in the farm. Like the best shortstop think- farm. Hold on, the best shortstop that they have in the farm is probably Greg Kessinger, and like that doesn't give me a whole lot of hope. I think he's a fine utility player, but not as an everyday shortstop. But if you compare Jeremy Pena to Chaz McCormick offensively in their careers. Not, let's not be short-sighted only this season. Let's not be short-sighted only the playoffs. In their careers, Chaz McCormick has a 781 OPS. Jeremy Pena has a 695 OPS. Chaz McCormick's the better offensive player. I think the biggest thing that you mentioned, Jeremy, which is the biggest thing everybody should be considering is the, the trade value. I, I think that general managers across the league don't look at Chaz McCormick the way the Astros look at Chaz McCormick. But I think that general managers across the league look at Jeremy Pena as a guy that they would love to have as their shortstop for the long haul, and they believe that he's too good of a prospect to pass up. I think that's the biggest point. He carries a ton more value in a trade talk than Chaz McCormick does. But if Hunter Brown got you Dylan Cease for two and a half years, does that change the Hunter Brown part of this conversation? No, not really. Okay. I'm not sure that Dylan Cease over the next two and a half years is going to be better than Hunter Brown over the next two and a half years. Fair. Fair, but you're also right now questioning. And, and how- I have and I have Hunter Brown for five, three more years after that. Yeah. So it's yeah. Dylan Cease for two and a half years, and, and Hunter Brown for five and a half years. Like, give me the Hunter Brown. I wouldn't trade Hunter Brown straight up for Dylan Cease. See, Hunter Brown. The, the thing is, it's not only the, the length of the time you're going to have him, but the fact that you just know that there's no ceiling right now. That you, you're going to be able to develop this kid. And the chances are he's going to get better and better. And, yeah, he's trying to figure some stuff out right now. But the stuff is just too good not to translate to an organization sticking with him. And and, and Cease, for as much as he's accomplished in his career, how much does he have left? Can he still do that? Sure, you'd like to think with a change of scenery and a better overall team, better defense, and a a lineup behind him that he could do it again. But you don't know. And, and, And there's not that same ceiling that there is, you know, that open-ended ceiling that there is with Hunter Brown. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Uh, coming up next, what does the will have in store for us? What does Joe George have in store for us? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here, your family. Look at our family now. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time to call your shot. Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. Mm-hmm. 
All you right. got it? What's that? S2D2? I, I didn't hear him. It's time to call your shot. I just, I just think you don't listen. Probably. <laughs> it's a very safe bet. You've been talking to my wife? Yes. What? <laughs> that's not the answer I expected. All right. What she's, is, bought, she's helping us get a house. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What does the will have in store for us? Uh, and, and Joe's got more in store for me than I ever <laughs> thought imaginable. <laughs> what did he say? What did S2D2 say? It's time say? to call your shot. Okay. Okay, so on Friday, uh, Corey Lee was on the wheelhouse. And at the end of the interview, BK asked Corey uh, if it was dollar dog night. How many hot dogs could you eat during a nine-inning baseball game? And Corey pondered it for a little bit, and his end result was 18. That's so many hot dogs. 18 hot dogs during a nine-inning baseball game. Now, we asked for clarification about the pitch clock. If it changed his answer, he said no. So how many hot dogs could you eat during a nine-inning baseball game? Am I... I like eating for comfort? Am I yeah. hanging out, having a good time? You're or am I? See, you're eating to see what number you can get to. Like I get a hundred dollars for every hot dog I eat. Yeah, you're doing Joey Chestnut, but on the marathon plan instead of the sprint. Yeah, and, and we officially start. We dubbed him Corey Chestnut after that answer. That's good, well played. How did he like that? Uh, well, that was after he left. Okay, his his oblique is okay. Thanks Hopefully. to Beaky. Hopefully. So Beaky asked Corey Lee how many hot dogs he would eat in a nine-inning game. Yep. I love that question. What's the challenge is that can you eat nine hot dogs and nine beers? So, yeah, the nine 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 challenge, which is you have to do a hot dog and a beer per inning, and you have to finish it from the start to the finish of the inning. You can't, like, carry a beer over or a dog over. It's the full the beer and the dog. That one really, really It's got to be gone. If it's just the hot dogs. So I think the beer would be easier than the dog because the beer is just liquid. You can chug it. Yeah, but, yeah, but it fills you up, too. It does. It definitely fills you up. It's got to be a light beer. Sure. Absolutely. I, I think if you're just doing hot dogs, it's not going to be comfortable no matter what. I, I think I'm getting to double digits. Really? Yeah. If I got paid $100 for every hot dog I ate over a nine-inning game, new pitch clocks were going two and a half hours? Yeah. I think I, I think I would top out, and I'm not sure I would reach this number, top out at seven. I think I could get it three to four. Three to four in the first inning and a half. What? So that's, you go. That's that was kind of Corey's strategy. He said like he would go like he would start fast and then slow down. I think I could go three to four in the first inning and a half. Take a couple innings off. Maybe get some fuzzy bubbles in there to kind of clear it out a little quicker, and then kind of restart mid game. And that's where I think that I, if I got a couple more there, I'd only need like one or two at the end. That I think I could get to ten. I can do some damage at like a Brazilian steakhouse. Oh yeah, maybe I'm underselling myself here. A little yeah, bit. see, I feel like I could, like I, I think I could do the nine beers and nine hot dogs and nine innings. You do? I think I could do that. Hmm. And you could do one per inning. See, the the, yeah. the the hard part about that is if you have a really short inning, it's gonna be tough. Like, could you imagine if you had a seven pitch inning and a nine pitch inning in like the seventh? Yeah, yeah, game that's over. True. With the game pitch over. clock, that's right. it is harder. That, that does, that's a really game good over. hidden variable. Now, if you had nine dogs, nine beers, period, start to game, end to game, that's, I think, way easier to do than one dog, one beer per inning every single I time. I think with the pitch clock, that's how you'd have to change it. Is you have to change it. It's like you have nine beers and nine hot dogs yeah, in front of you. I think you have to. And you have to, uh, you have to finish it by the end of the game. Because you Especially can have a in the ninth, minute inning. Well, I think I could get... In the ninth inning, you might only have three outs. That's true. I just think even growing up in Wisconsin, 
I, I you know, right away I, in a sitting or whatever, I could get four hot dogs now. I think if I if I came out of the gate strong with four, that I think that you take a couple innings off, even if they're short innings, I think I could restart the process about the fifth inning, and I could get to get to ten by the end of the game. If I had to, one or two in the in the ninth. I don't. I don't think I could do nine. I don't think I do nine dogs, nine beers. No. Like well, if I, I went, well, I'm taking the beer out of the equation. If I went, because <sighs> the beer really fills you. up. I don't love hot dogs. I don't either. That's like, what I'm saying. I'm only doing this for the contest. Yeah. And because I grew up eating hot dogs, to where I know that I used to be able to hammer some hot dogs. But I, I just feel like, for take the enjoyment out of the equation, I think I could get to ten. Man, so you're getting so you're hundred bucks a dog. You're getting to ten. I think I could get ten. Man, I I crush. Well, for sure. Brazilian 18, steakhouse. 18 is a large number. I can eat a lot. Like crawfish bowls, ton of that. Brazilian steakhouses, ton of that. Um, fajitas, ton of that. All you can Pizza. eat wings, tons of that. Pizza, eh. You're not the big I can hammer pizza. See, things I love, I can just crush. But things I don't love, like I don't have the interest of like competition eating. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not all about dipping the bun in the water and trying to like force See, yeah, feed it down. I feel like you kind of have to, to do this. Not if you do it the way I said. If you spread it out, I can enjoy four hot dogs in the first inning. I just don't want that. I don't want that like fluffy, fresh bun. <laughs> like I, I don't think I don't think you have to worry about that at a see, ballpark. See, that's what's going to slow you down. I think it's it, like all those carbs. I don't man. know. Minute Maid's pretty, like their buns are pretty solid. They have solid buns. Solid buns at Minute Maid. I'll you go. Love solid buns. I'll go seven. Fact. I'll go seven for me. I'll go seven. You're going ten. Yeah. I think I could. Joe hit George. Ten. I think I could hit ten. I mean, if I think I could do the nine beers and nine hot dogs challenge, I guess I have yeah, to say I, I could hit like... I would be curious, but you getting all nine beers. The beer is going to really kind of yeah. put a kibosh on you trying to get the hot dogs. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's not going to help you. Mainly like, I no, the beer, the beer washing you. it down isn't going to help. No, no. mainly because I also, I also just don't... Since I had we had a kid, I don't drink as much. I don't think water is going to help a ton. Like, you need water a little bit, it helps a little bit to down. wash it down, a little bit. But, but it's, then, yeah. it's also going to fill you right. up. Right, and then it's going to sit in your boiler room with all that other stuff, too. And, it, and no matter what, it's not yeah. going to be great. No, like, even if you're can – you, are you allowed to use the bathroom that in the spring? That's what I was going to ask next. Yeah, of course. But even then, it's not going to all go through you that quickly. But you can't throw up. Oh, yeah, yeah. You throw up, you're disqualified. Yeah. Huh. You can use the bathroom, but you can't use it yeah. to throw up. Why didn't y'all do this Friday at the ESPN 97.5 Spacer game? It wasn't Dollar Dog Night, and I'm not spending $300 on hot uh, dogs Spacers and beer. Spacers would have, would have covered it. I don't think so. They didn't cover a jersey. Okay. We could do we could like do a live stream or something of this. I don't know if I want to do this. Could we do it? Can I drink nine beers during the show? Sure. We, I mean, basically, you have a ride the, home. We would get the same. We would I'll get give you the a ride same home. output from you that we normally do. So I don't think it would yeah, be much great, of a stretch. Yeah, I think, you could, I think you could drink nine beers in three hours easy. No, like with like the bosses allow that. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, look at the history do, of the station. This used I think to be the home fine. of the Blitz and yeah. Happy Hour. You think you get <laughs> we, away with a lot? Yeah, but that got canceled for a reason. Did it get? What did it get canceled for? Over drinking. Um, what the Happy Hour? I. Where can I get nine hot dogs from to do, so I could do this during the show? Right. I'll make the you same place we were going to get you the corner sushi. I can make and nine. The I mean, you just boil a few dogs. You have bread. Let's Let's get the gas steak. station yeah, on the just, corner. I'm trying that place soon. The, the euros are yeah, great. I, I am looking forward to the it. The euros I was, are great. Though. I was here last night training the new producer. Yeah. And I had a euro for dinner last night from How that was place. It? it was elite. It was fantastic. Elite? It's really it's good. really good. It's really good. It's really, really good. Okay, hold on a second. Is it elite or is it really good? It's elite for a gas station food. Okay, it's, so it's really, really good. good. <laughs> yeah, because it's not Nico yeah, Nico's, but it's it, it's not what you would expect out of a gas station. No, yeah, I, can, I know it's good, but is it? Have you had Nico Nico's? Yeah. Is it better than Nico Nico's? No, 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 no. Oh, well, okay, that's interesting. 
We could yeah, we could do this during now the I don't, show. One now day. I don't think it's as good as it as I thought it was. I thought for sure. I think it'd be you should just let Nico's. your taste buds be the judge because I think if you go in there and have one, you're gonna be you're not gonna feel like you got screwed. You're gonna feel satisfied that you got a good sandwich. I mean, I've been buying tacos from gas stations my entire life, so this is buying food at a gas station is not gonna do anything for me. Look, we we did. You guys made me tuna. We did. You guys, <laughs> you guys want to do this challenge during the show one day? Three hours to finish nine beers and nine hot dogs. Do we get to pick the beer? As long as it's a light beer. So can I give you a little double barrel IPA, a little rodeo clown? I got no shot then. Double That's not cowbell. fair. Joe, Joe requested Bud Light. I, Bud Light or Coors Light. I'm not sure you're allowed to say that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what would you be, be your light beer of choice? Miller? Bud. No, Bud. It's Corona. Oh, there you go. Sure. Well, see, there you go. Over Corona? I'm going Miller Light. With I'm the going hot Corona. Do- with a hot dog? Yeah. Bud or Coors? Oh, wow. To make John Granado happy, we yeah, can do course. I'm going Miller Lite. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm. I don't like. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll save that for our. I don't uh, like Miller Lite after show account, oh. yeah. premium account. Yeah. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Can Joe George drink nine beers in three hours on our program? Seven one three seven eight zero. Well, with the pitch clock, Joe. Yeah, three, you'd seven, have more time seven, than you would at a major league baseball. That's what I'm saying. Game. Like, yeah. there's more time to do it during the show. It's true. There definitely is more time. All right, Joel and Joe, they saw the ball strike challenge in effect. Are they trying to to sell me on the idea of it? And, of course, we got to talk about Beaky's first pitch in front of the thousands of fans inside of Constellation Field and the millions of views that it's been on. it's been seen on Twitter. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You're hooked up with it. Toss a coin to your witcher. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Uh, Brandon Bielek on the mound tonight for the Astros as they open up a three-game series against the Rangers. Be like five and five, three forty six ERA. Facing John Gray, six and five, three thirty one ERA. And I got some bad news for you guys. Oh, great, terrible news for you, Blank. Terrible news for you, Joe. Joel, Joe, you're Joe. Terrible news for listener. What's that? Astros lineup has dropped. Guess who's not playing today? Jordan. Jordan Alvarez is not in the Astros lineup today. No, Jordan Alvarez. The lineup for the Astros against the Rangers in game one. Dubon at second, Bregman at third, Tucker in right. Middle three, Abreu at first, Chaz in left. Yiner's the DH, Pena at short, Myers in center, Maldonado catching. I can't believe Blymadris is not in the lineup, hitting cleanup ahead of Chaz McCormick after that self-reflection. I expected to see Jordan today. I did too. No Jordan Alvarez. That's a bit of a buzzkill, not going to lie. Did we not get a, uh, enough ample opportunity to give Bly Madris his goodbyes? So they decided that. Well, it's probably the texture. The texture probably talking mm. about all the greatness that is Bly Madris, and that I should I shouldn't criticize Dusty for batting Bly Madris over so the American therefore. League Player of the Week. Yeah. Hmm. No, Jordan. That's weird. Do not like that at all. I mean, he didn't play yesterday. He didn't play yesterday. He played well when he was in Sugarland. Why? I yeah, hope yesterday's pregame media addresses it because I need to know. Yesterday was scheduled. They it was. said. Yep. They said it was scheduled. So Clubhouse opens at 3, so we'll probably get an answer like, right as the wheelhouse starts. I did not see anything that looked out of the ordinary when he played. He hit the ball really, really well. He made the plays in the outfield and had some strong throws as well. 
this is not, I don't like this. I don't want to think and make it more than it is. I just expected him to be in the lineup tonight. I did too. Maybe best case scenario, it's like, uh, let's give him two days off and then play him twice. Then you have an off day and then he's like good to go. Maybe it's like give him a day after he has a day. It seems like I'm reaching. I'm reaching. I'm not going to lie. Maybe you want to save him for, t- maybe he doesn't like the Space City uniforms. Tomorrow's Hello Kitty night. Maybe Jordan's a big Hello Kitty guy. Funny maybe you he wants, I don't know. Yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> Jordan's you know into that, some Jeremy? things. Jordan likes it. Why do I do his Hello Kitty night? Yes. Yeah. Why? I, I just pulled up the Astro schedule. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> list all their promotions. I was like, if you've been waiting on that one, I'm like, huh? Today's like, that like you wait for all year? What is Hello Kitty Night? I can't I can, wait to I go. can see my daughter's waiting for Hello Kitty Night, but I wouldn't expect that coming from you. Tonight's Space City Infinity Scarf. Tomorrow's Hello Kitty Night. Wednesday's the Ryan Presley World Series Replica Ring. It's got all the promotions listed on the Astros schedule. I'm reaching. Maybe it's, you know, give them a day off after a day off because you know you're on needs a day off after a day off. You play them Tuesday, Wednesday. You make the roster move. Then you have a day off Wednesday, and then he's good to go. Rest of the year. I don't like it. It's not great. Just don't like it. <laughs> we look, I mean, he didn't get hurt. Everything seemed fine. We're in the second half of the season now, and, I, you know, like I said, there was no signs that anything's up. What are we doing and why? You're right, Joe. Like I said, I, I'm waiting to hear Dusty's media session now. But he had some playing discomfort. He had some left field discomfort. You're on Alvarez. Yeah, there's going to be discomfort somewhere, or it's going to be what you said. We just decided to border on the side of caution. Give him one more day off before we, we get going. What a terrible way to end the show, huh? Yeah, so, I didn't really Sorry, care everybody. but It's literally the exact opposite of how we, I thought we were going to end the show. We started the show. Jordan's back today. I, I thought like, it was going to be breaking news. the show with 250. Yeah, Jordan's back. Dusty's lineup sucks because Tucker's batting fifth. None of that happened. And I'm wearing a stupid Oilers hat. Looks like he's been run over by a truck. Dude, it really it does. does. Yeah, it really kind of does. Man. All right. I don't know what to talk about now because Jordan Alvarez has distracted me. Uh, what did y'all think of the, the whole ball strike thing? Y'all, y'all like this? It was awesome. The challenge? It, it was so incredibly efficient. Like, it I had took questions. seconds. I had questions about how, you know, who who instigates the or initiates that the review. That wasn't totally the clear. The hitter, right? But, yeah, the hitter would do it. I liked how they show it on, showed it on the – uh, the screen yep. in center field, like the the ball coming over in the strike zone. So everyone in the stadium knew exactly as it was happening, and it took less than five seconds. So is it a challenge? Yeah, it was a challenge. Yeah, I think you only get a couple of them, right? I think it's like you get. I think you get one or PC, one per at bat. PC was very well versed on this, but I thought PC said you get two. You I get two per plate not, appearance, not per plate appearance. No, I thought two total. I think once you lose, if you lose, I think it, I think it's like the NFL challenge, where like if you lose it, you. If you're wrong, you lose the challenge. For the whole team? I think so. And the hitter so. is the one that's doing it? Yeah. That's a, that, that opens the door for a lot of selfish behavior. Like, like the one we saw, like the second one, the first one happened, I kind of missed it. It happened so fast. The second one was a 3-0 count. Whoever was in the box, like they challenged it, and then it was they, it was called the strike. They reversed it to a ball, and he walked to first base, and it all happened so fast. Apparently, it's three per team per game. And they if you win it, you retain your challenge. So you get three until you get three wrong. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, what if you're Alex Bregman? You're like, well, I have the best eye on the team, and you take every single challenge that game. Well, selfish. Yeah. Uh, there was I a think, website. I think situation matters. There was a website today sure. that That's Alex, interesting. That Alex Bregman has. It was on Twitter that the Alex Bregman has the second most strikes that were balls called against him in Major League Baseball. Fifty six times, it's been a ball that they've called a strike this season. Well, see, I thought you were meaning that. 
he got away with it. No, and- no, it was a ball that they called the strike. It's happened to him 56 times. It's the second most in all of Major League Baseball this year. The only person with more is Adley Rushman. I am not a fan of the challenge system at all. I, strikes. Nope. I, I would agree with that. I'm See, not a fa- I, I want them to either go all the way in or don't change a thing. Because I, I just don't like it. it. Was. I, I just think there's so much that you can nitpick and so much you can get into yeah. that it's not worth it to me. And especially when they're so hyper focused on like time of game and and you know keeping pace of play, it, it ain't broke for the most. Yeah, I know that there's always going to be the Angel Hernandezes and the guys that try and make it about them. But for me, I, I'm just I, there's other things that you can focus on before I'm focusing on that. I don't. I don't think pace of play is an issue because, like, I think you can do that like that. I think it could be very, very quick. It took literally less than five seconds. The the what I don't like about it is that it's two different strike zones. Like we what 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 do you hear with baseball all the time when it they comes to balls and strikes? You want consistency. Yeah. If you have an umpire that's given the river, if you have the umpire that's given a couple of you know inches off the edge, okay, as long as you do that every single time. If you're given a couple of inches at the knee, do it every single time. If you're calling a high strike, do it every single time. Yet now this challenge system, three times a game, maybe more if you're right on these challenges, you have two different strike zones over the course of a game. I hate that. Give me one strike zone, whether you stay with how it currently is or you just go all the way in and have robo zone from start to finish. I, I, I just question the fact that, like, can they go all the way in with the robo zone? Why not? Because they're a union and they could strike the, the umpires and you still need them on the field. Right, but it doesn't. I think I think the umpires would like this. You're taking some grief away from them. You can't argue balls and strikes if you have a robo zone 100 percent of the game. But you got to think that think like, like it completely it. devalues I, I their position. Would. I think they take it. Their egos. They're, they're still going to make the same amount of money. I would not pay if I was whoever pays the umpires. I'm not paying you 100 percent of your salary if I take away your your ability to call balls and strikes. Well, that's only you that's, are a least valuable person I mean, to me. I mean, that's one fourth of the job. You're not going to have. That's no, one fourth of the job. No yeah, union, they have four man crews. You no have union. to play one every four games. No union's going to allow that to happen. Yeah, I I, I think I I just wonder. Like maybe they will. Like maybe you're right, Jeremy. But like I, if I was an umpire, I'd be like, you're going to take this away from me. Well, like. I wouldn't care. I don't think their egos all. are going to allow it. I think they like to have that total what? control behind the plate. Yeah, you're going to they... make their job less stressful and be like, "No, nah, oh, I'm good. No, 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 don't make my job less stressful. Nope, I want all the stress. I want all the arguments. No way." You think Angel Hernandez is giving right. this, uh, his power? Angel up? Hernandez only cares about getting paid. I, I disagree. I, I think they they hold grudges. I think they like the power. I think their ego doesn't want them to give up the control. Uh, and we've seen more than just it goes back to Joe West and CB Buckner and all these guys. I, I think they're going to have an issue with it. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to strike because they're not calling balls and strikes. I think it'll start with the challenge out. system. But they're going to—I don't know. How about B Key's throw? Huh? I think he did it on purpose. I think he wanted the I, clout. He's getting all these viewers. I think he did it on purpose, hundred percent. I think Joe and I can say being there right no, up right up close and personal purpose. didn't do it on purpose. B Key did it on purpose. He was trying to get the views, and he got the views, just like Conor McGregor did it at Wrigley Field. You keep believing. Who's don't hosting the believing. wheelhouse today? Uh, uh, Beaky and Andrew Carlson. Beaky and Andrew Carlson. What are they leading their show with today? BK's throw. This Your, show. This Your isn't. Dawn. This isn't as fun anymore. BK's <laughs> throw. Not the same. I this think isn't. The, this is I not the, the same anymore. I think the bit's dead. I might be dead. Yeah. I think I, the, it, it's BK. It's the throw, day though. the bit died. Yeah, they're going to talk about Jordan. This is boring. We're not talking about eight-string right guards. All right, the Wheelhouse is next. Thanks to Joe George, all the hard work. He's blank on Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. The Wheelhouse is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.